Hello! Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where Brian and Pat are talking on the phone. Weird! Uh, <laughs> I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, dude who went to a church one time in one place. <laughs> what? What? Uh... I don't know what that means. That you went to church here? I'm not an elder. You're not an elder. What are and you now? I can't, can't say where I hail from because I'm in between churches at the moment. You, I'm on the you are just my buckaroo. You're, yes. <laughs> and I'm Brian Gumpy, Pat's buckaroo. My, my Skype pal. My We, we got to come up with something good. Maybe that will be the question of the day. What's Brian's new handle? I'm hoping I find a church <laughs> soon. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're not going to be an elder. You're not going to be a deacon. That's going to be a long time out. You can't just I, say, I'm Brian Gumpy. I go to church. <laughs> I guess you could. <laughs> yeah. I'm Brian Gumpy, congregant of River of Thorny Fire Church, Colorado what? Springs. River of Thorny Fire? I don't know. It was, I the don't most go to that it was the most charismatic sounding name I could think of. Oh, no, you need to go to the Manifold Sons of the River Under the Fire God or something like that. Manifold Sons of what? Yeah, well, hey, dude, if there's Manifold Sons of anything, that's the place you got to check out at least once. Okay. <laughs> I'll do a search. I. I feel like I looked at a list of churches and I didn't see that on there, but I, it could have been an oversight. No, I know. That's why if you ever find it, you got to go at least check it out once. Manifold Sons. Got it. Yeah. Apparently there was some cult in the 70s that was like the Manifold Sons of the Expressive God Under the Rainbow or something like that. It was like legitimately something crazy like that. Wow. And And yeah, I don't know why that sticks out in my mind, but it does. Dude, there's a rainbow here, like, every day. Oh, dude. Where are you at now? Tell people where you're at. I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado, a.k.a. The Springs. Hey, I you told me that somebody was listens to our show, and you didn't even know it, somebody... but, like, they work for you. Wait, but say they, that again? But they work for you. Who works for me? You cut but out. Who listens to our show? Oh, yeah. So. We got to give a shout out to that person. I don't know him. You got to do it. Hey, shout out Kyla's husband. I don't know his name yet. Okay. But, but I've met his wife at least four times, and she's a cool chick. And hey, so I so I just assume he's a cool dude. boy. Yeah. So, he's... yeah. That was a trip. That was, that was very surprised. Surprised, very surprising. Um, yeah, so I meet one of my coworkers out here in Colorado, and we're talking a little bit in the shop. And then later that day, I get a text from her. She goes, "Hey, so my husband is listening to this podcast, and I pretty much knew she must have meant, but I just thought in my brain, there's no way." That someone just happened to start listening to this the week <laughs> that I basically become his wife's boss. And so I asked, I was like, 
what podcast is it? Because I've been, like, there's a Dutch Bros podcast, and they've mentioned my name on there once or twice. Okay. And, and so I thought, man, maybe it's just that. And I was on it like my name was on it. And then, yeah, she said, belonging before believing. And I just about fell out of my chair. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's so cool. I love yeah. those people already, and I don't even know them yet. Apparently, they thought it was pretty funny because that episode was when it was, like, the last episode that we recorded in person. So oh. it was me getting ready to leave for Colorado, and they listened to it when I had just gotten here. So that was pretty wild. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth on that episode. What's the weather in California like right now? What? What's the weather in California like right now? It is, so right at the moment, it's a reasonable 87. But Ooh. it's uh, it's been in the hundreds, 105, 106. This last Sunday, I or Sunday, Saturday, I did a funeral service outside at between 2 and 4 p.m. And I got sunburned, and it was 105. So yesterday, I got sunburned, and it was about 85. And then an hour later, the temperature dropped like 20 degrees, and it was thunderstorming. Why did you do that? Thunderstorming. What, what's and the deal with that? That happens like four days a week. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's it'll, so crazy. It'll be in the mid-80s, and there'll be like hardly a cloud in the sky. And then like four in the afternoon, a storm will come in over the mountains, and then it'll just deluge and for about an hour, and then it's all over. We'll wake up the next day, nothing but sunshine. Wow. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, and if it gets to 85 degrees, these Colorado people think they're going to melt. <laughs> They've been apologizing to me for the heat, the 85-degree heat. They're like, oh, it's not usually like this. This is awful. I'm like, dude, this is beautiful vacation from what I would be dealing with back home right now. Oh, yeah, you're like a tropical vacation going on. Oh, dude, it is. It is unbelievable it is wonderful not having ac in the house though a lot of most homes out here don't have ac so you don't need it you don't need it most of the year eh, not most of the year not most of the year it would be nice to have now when it's, it's like 85 degrees outside and and all the bedrooms are upstairs that's not the best it's manageable i've seen your fans in your room yeah those are necessary yeah yeah I have a whole house fan. Well, it's not a whole house fan, I guess. It's a swamp cooler that I don't use the swamp part. I just use the fan. And I open up one of the windows on the other side of the house, and it cools the house down at night. Because who wants swamp house, really? Dude, you can, you can smell a swamp cooler. Yeah, yeah, it's foul. I, so I don't even turn that bad boy on. Yeah. Dude, well, this is cool. I miss you, but I'm glad I could talk to you. This is great. I know. And we did a little video chat right before this and got caught up, and that was cool. Yeah, yeah. No wisecracking, though. We've been pretty serious, like, just catching up. Well, you know, it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> it has, it has. So everything else going good out there? Your wife settling in? Your kids settling in? I think so. 
my family's been gone for two weeks now, and they're still going to be gone for another six days. That's and probably what Rachel tells all of her friends about me, because work has been absolutely bonkers. <laughs> that she used to have a husband, or that you're just gone for three weeks at a time? Yeah, something like that. Well, it'll settle down. Yeah, and my life will come back, so... It's not like the dad left to get cigarettes 14 months ago and we're expecting oh, that. <laughs> it's not like that kind of thing. I just, I just work a lot these last hey, couple Hey, you know what? It would be a dead giveaway if I said, hey, I'm going to go get cigarettes that I wasn't coming back. <laughs> I can't smoke and I would die if I did from <laughs> asthma. So. <laughs> uh, uh, I need to come up with some other code for, hey, I'm not. Li no, I don't because I'm never going to leave. What am I saying? <laughs> no, let's not have a code for that. Okay, That's yeah, fine. let's not have a code for that. Yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, hey, do you what do we want to talk about? I got a question. What do you think? I think it has to do with my intro, does yeah, it? It's yeah, yeah, and it's it, it, I really was thinking about you and your situation um when I thought of this question and I just thought we should talk about uh, what what, how, what do you look for in a church? Like if you're going to a church for the first time, or maybe it's somebody who's never really gone to church, what do you look for in a church? What should you be like thinking about and um, kind of mentally making note of when you go to churches and check it out or looking at them online, that kind of thing? So it's yeah. not really a formal question, but it's more like a just a, if we kind of talk through some things that we would recommend you look for when you're looking for a church. What do you think? Yeah, totally. And you know what? I think my answers changed a lot over the last, certainly the last 10 years. But yeah. I've, even in the last like five years, I think my answer has probably changed a little bit. What about you? Yeah. So um, my go-to for many years when I was in a particular uh, movement would have been to go find a church that's a part of that same um, movement, which was Calvary Chapel. Yeah. So I would have said, just whatever you do, you just want to go find a Calvary Chapel. And yes, over the last 15 years, that, that has changed. And um, th there might be a time and a place where I actually look for somebody in a town and can't find something that, you know, would be like my second, third choice. And I'd say, well, check out a Calvary Chapel, because at least you're going to get, and this is the first thing I think that we would both agree you want to look for, is somebody's teaching the Bible. Like, their, their go-to, their standard is the Word of God. It's going to be yeah. in everything that they say. It's in their prayers. It's in their songs. The sermon is a preaching right from the text of the Word. When you're going to the communion table, you hear the word of God. It's just the Bible should be the fabric of everything that happens at a worship service. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were going to oh, say the second one. No, no, no. That that's just my, my first thing uh, that that I think. I don't know what. What do you think? Well, yes, and. I remember when we were going through, I think it was the second Joe Thorne book um, in that was Life of the Church, Heart of the Church. and Heart, character. Character's the one, the character. second one, okay. yeah. Character of the Church, um, where he used this phrase called 
the word preached right. And the word preached rightly didn't necessarily mean accurately. What he meant was it was the focal point of the service and that it was the highest standard um, for our understanding and our knowledge of God. And so we, I remember discussing what he meant by that phrase and coming to the conclusion that you can go to a church where the word is preached, quote unquote, rightly. It is the focal and central point of the service. And they, you might disagree theologically. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that, that would be, that would go along the lines with, you know, I have this you know, background of a non-denominational semi-charismatic church and they do preach right through the scriptures. However, there's a lot that I would disagree with and a lot that you would disagree with. And so what we, you know, I would try to do is recommend somebody go to a church where, you know, first thing you want to do is see if the word rightly preached, but secondly, is there emphasis on the gospel and grace that, that, that you hear that all throughout you're hearing the scripture taught, but you're also hearing about the gospel over and over again for Christians, not just for, excuse me, non-Christians, but then also grace. And what we mean by grace is that you receive from God unmerited favor you don't deserve it, but he, for his own plan, his own purpose, his own reason, has decided to show grace to you. And then secondly, that you, as a recipient of God's grace, are one that will go and extend that grace to other people and treat people with grace and with love. And there won't be an air of um, legalism or self-righteousness. There's, there's a right mm -hmm. way to pursue holiness there's a right way to pursue um, holy living, but it's always going to be robed in humility and grace. So oh, even as I'm pursuing holiness and I'm preaching, you know, this Sunday, one of the points that I'm going to be talking about is that in 2 Timothy 2 is that we're to pursue righteousness. But you're to pursue righteousness not in a vacuum, meaning that I, I'm not just doing good works, but that righteousness is... First of all, a response to what God's done for me. It's a desire to live faithfully according to his word. And it's a desire to, uh, um, in the humility that I have, to show that kind of love and acceptance to other people in that they might not be the same place I am in my pursuit of holiness. You know, the Lord has me here where I'm at, and it's not where he has Brian at. And it's not where he has, you know... Uh, Joel or Andrew or Nick or, you know, some of these other people who we know, we're all at different places. And so my pursuit of righteousness is going to look way different than yours. And so we shouldn't compare ourselves amongst ourselves because that's just not wise, according to Second Corinthians. And being in a place where you're surrounded by people who have known, felt, and extended grace uh, is something that you can see in the gratitude that people have for how well they've been treated, for how far they've come. Um, and it, it's just something that 
the greater understanding of how how great the chasm between what you deserve and what you've been extended through Christ should lead us to never-ending gratitude and joy. And that is something that I wish was more prevalent in people who we would agree with largely on so much theology. And this is what we were talking about. And what I said, I foresee as something that's not going to be easy to find are, um, is a church where you see that type of grace and gratitude and the joy that comes from it. Because when you're around it, you feel it. You see yeah. it. It's in the air. You can see it in the face and the eyes of the people because they are just living constantly in this mode of worship. That is, that, that's a good point. In when, when you go into a church, it's, it's, so there's a lot of tangible things that we would encourage you to look for, right? We'd encourage you to look for the scripture being taught, the good solid music being played theologically rich music you'd want to ha- you know have communion being done properly but there's something about the vibe of mm-hmm. a church that you walk into and i know there's all kinds of people that say in conversations so oh, you shouldn't judge on tone what person's saying well yeah you should you you can tell what people are saying a lot of times based upon their tone even if the words they're saying contradict the tone that they're saying it you know and i think there's a lot of churches that i've been to when i've gone and visited them that the tone is vastly different than some of the words that are being said Mm -hmm. and if you walk in and you get a sense that you know what you're hearing isn't quite connecting with what i'm feeling and what i'm sensing from these people it might be a good indication that you, you might want to put this on, you know, a notch down on your list or maybe two, you know. I, so I know someone in my own personal life who is, um, is very uh, warm and happy and joyful for about eight to ten minutes. And then as you listen to this person and you're around them, you begin to realize, oh, this is all fake. Oh, this isn't how you really are. Oh, this is this is an act that you put on either for yourself or the people who are around you or, you know, or, or whatever. You're trying to present yourself as somebody you're not. And so sometimes, you know, you, you're around people and you get that. Well, churches are the same way. You know, they're going to have signs out front that look warm, welcoming. You know, they're going to have people all over the place. And then you get in there and there's just something not right. I, uh, what, what do you think, dude? Pat, you want to back up a second? We lost you for a second. Oh, I don't. Where, where did you lose me? Something's not right. Yeah, if you feel like something's not right, you know, just just look around and kind of, you know, people are. You're smart. All you listeners, you're listening to our show. You're smart people. Um, yeah. You know, kind of. Just look around and see if people are being honest and genuine or if they're really being fake and and pretend or if they're putting on airs, you know. A, a lot of times, you know, you'll go to a church and they'll, you know, the for the sake of whitewashing themselves, 
they'll look really good and they'll make their kids stand at attention and, you know, be super obedient and, you know, jump through all these hoops that they feel like ought to be um, hoops that are associated with righteousness or holiness or spirituality or something like that. But in reality, there's something really dark going on inside. And there are churches that are like that. Uh, What do you think, dude? Yeah, totally. And it's such a hard thing because you don't want to choose a church based off of just how friendly the people are, uh, where your friends go, or, uh, you know, you like the music or things like that. So I, I know it might sound weird to hear us. Um, a, a couple of dudes in ministry saying things like, what's the vibe like for right. <laughs> something that we're looking for a church with? But it does matter. And we only bring that up because, like you said, we've been to places where the attitude does not match the content. And I remember vividly the way I I felt at least when we were at Canvas Conference and I heard, I can't remember who the dude was, but I remembered him saying that when we are in our church services, there should be an element of joy in every single part of our service. And that was super convicting to me. And then he goes into the gospel and he talks about grace and it, the way, the place it leaves you is, where in all of this, in your relationship to Almighty God as one of his children, do you have any room when you're worshiping him to not have joy? Mm-hmm. And so, and there's reference in there. Let's, I mean, I always think of communion when it's supposed to be reverent, but it shouldn't be sad. There should, right. be, there should be joy mixed with reverence. You can do both. Uh, but... That is what we're talking about, that if you have a firm grasp on the gospel, if you know the condition that you used to be in relative to the condition, the the standing that you have with uh, God in heaven right now, if you know what Christ accomplished when he bore the penalty for your sin, and you, when God looks at you, he sees Christ's righteousness— when you know that when God looks at you, he, he looks at you with joy, how do you not respond with gratitude? How is that not something that changes your entire demeanor? And so, I mean, we're not talking about what's the fix for bad churches here, but if it's somebody who's preaching good theology with a tone that just seems off to me, it sounds like that person needs to continually be preaching the gospel simply to themselves because they're missing something. They're getting caught up on things that they probably think are higher learning, um, some of what we might even call minutia, and that's where they're camping out, and they're missing the big picture, that you are born again, that you are no longer a child of wrath, but you're a child of righteousness. Hey, I want to, you've already put some biblical meat on those bones. Yeah. Let, let me add a little layer of uh, epidermal there. Um, okay. you, you know, when Jesus is our, is our hero, our king, our Messiah, he's the king of kings, Lord of lords, savior. But he was also something that was 
there was something so attractive about him. Mm. There was nothing phony or fake about Christ. Mm-hmm. And in so much so that unbelievers, people who weren't looking for the Messiah, were drawn to him. And he, he would treat them in a way that was so absolutely exacting. I'm thinking along the lines of maybe the woman at the well, right? He didn't mince words yeah. with her. But at the same time, there was something so uh, tender and welcoming about Christ that even when he was, uh, you know, calling her on her sin, he was saying true words, she still ran away saying, this guy is somebody who y'all got to come meet. If you walk into a church and you hear the words from Scripture and you experience from the people truth, you're going to hear something that's convicting. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you're going to come away from there going, but you got to come see what's going on here because this is the truth. If you that's the kind of thing when we talk about a vibe, Um, you know, we're not just talking about something ethereal and you, you can't define. We're talking about a Christ like kind of love and attitude and and draw. Um. It makes it makes me want to know Jesus better and love him more. And if a church is doing that and you walk away feeling, even if it's your first time there, like, I think these people love Jesus and I kind of want to know Jesus better. That's a good sign you're in a place that's probably healthy. Totally. And I feel like you started going there. We spent a lot of time talking about tone here, but something. So we talked about. um the word rightly preached. Um, and when we talked a lot about tone, there's one other. What was the middle thing that we talked about? Oh, I don't know. I mentioned music and communion yeah. and all, all those elements of the service. Uh, but one thing that you, I think, indirectly were getting at there, too, by talking about knowing Jesus and loving him more, is you want to be somewhere where discipleship is happening. 100%. Yeah. Talk about That's that a for a second. Big deal. What what when we say discipleship, what, what do you mean when we say that? So I mean you're at a place where the pastor, the elders, uh, the leadership, whatever you want to call them at that church that day, um, they are in groups of people where they are pouring into those people. They're encouraging them, they're praying with them, they're teaching them so that there is a level where we are making lovers and followers of Jesus. And if that's not happening and outside of a service, then that's probably something that you're going to want to take a minute and take seriously because a service is so important and it's like the thing but on top top of that like our monday night study is where our so much of our um discipling happens um and i know that you and i have made a habit in the past of meeting up with people throughout the week we're touching base with them we're text even something simple like texting them and how can i pray for you and things like that these are all elements of discipling where the simple answer is we are making 
followers of Jesus. We're leading people to where they want to know him better, they do know him better, and they love him more. It, it might be uncomfortable at first, but you want to be in a church and you want to look for a church where people want to get in your mix, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they want to get in your lives. They want to know you. And it isn't like a, a prying, like, oh, I'm just going to keep tabs on you. It's like, hey, I love this person. I want to keep tabs on them, right? I mean, we're good friends. And so we talk a lot. I mean, even we, we, we've texted still since you've been gone. We talked on the phone for the first time today since you've been gone, but still we, we communicate because we love each other and we're always going to be in each other's lives. And if you're going to a church, you want to build relationships with those people and you want them in your lives. You really do. If they really love Jesus and really want you to know Jesus better, that's the kind of friend, that's the kind of Christian, that's the kind of church person who you want to connect with. So when you go into a church, you know, be looking around. Well, what other things are they doing? How are they connecting with one another? How close are they? Um, if there's just little clicks, yeah, that might be a problem. Or maybe it's something the reason is is because they're tight and they want to bring you in too. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So look for those opportunities to, to join in with other people but also be looking out if they do, in fact, share life with one another. Totally. Well, else? well I do, but you know what? That, that's all probably the biggest stuff. I don't think music is that important. There can be lots of different styles and ways to worship. I, I don't necessarily think, you know, the order of service is that there can be lots of different ways that it can happen. I think that what we talked about are the big ones, you know? Yeah. And I think and something to keep in mind is we talked about a lot of reasons or a lot of things to look for in a church, but just keeping in mind too, that there is no perfect church in that um, areas where you might have an ideal in your head. Maybe it's a certain type of music. Maybe it's the type of studies that they do midweek. There are different elements of, of a church where if, if you don't see the thing that you want, maybe that's why God's calling you to that church. And that if it doesn't, if you can't check every box, we don't want to be so picky that we're looking for a perfect church that doesn't exist. And again, if you're passionate about something that your church lacks, there's a, probably a good chance that that's why you're there. So you <laughs> that's them in that way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, what, one last thing that I was thinking is that, um, you know, um, we're, we've given broad principles here, and, and it's by design because of exactly what you're saying. That's why we're not saying look for this kind of music or this, you know, type of prayer or this type of you know, thing they're doing or this type of liturgy. It's, 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 you want the word of God. You want the fellowship of God. You want the people of God. You, you, you want, you want that joyful, grace-filled reverence to be in everything that happens. So if those things are happening, man, the trappings of whatever the liturgy is or whatever, that could come and go, you know, that, that yeah. can, you can give and take that, but man, it's, it's those important big principles that matter. 100%. Hey, dude, I got a question of the day. Hit me with it. 
What's Brian's new nickname? What's Brian's new nickname? What do I need to call him? I can't call him Elder of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship anymore. So what do we call him? Why do I feel like this is going to end up being the most answered question of the day yet? I hope it is, man. I hope it is. I have some funny names that I call you. Yeah. Jennifer. Jennifer. Chumpy McGee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else I call you, but those are the two big ones, huh? Two big ones, yeah. (laughs) All right. Elder. Chumpy McGee layperson. Either way, we believe you belong. You belong.